0: Miss Milah Rahman Rahim, Alhamdulilla, Hirobil Alamin, Mosalla, who was Sella Mubarak Alanabin, and Mohammed Alihi, Osahbihi, Ejmain, Robbish Rahli, Sodri, Wesirli, Emri, Wahlul Ruk, the Tamilisani of Kahu Koli, Allah Malim Nama, and Faruna, and Farna Bima Alam Ilma. So the last couple of weeks we have been speaking about the Treaty of Al Hudaybiyah, which was a treaty of peace between the Prophet sallallahu wasallam and the Quraysh. So after this treaty, the Treaty of Al-Hudaybiyyah was agreed upon by the Prophet sallallahu and the Quraysh, the balance of power in the Arabian Peninsula tipped in the favor of the Muslims. So let's go back a little bit in history. We talked about the three Jewish tribes who resided in Al-Madinah, Before the Prophet made Hijra to Al Madina, so before the Prophet came to Al Madina, there were three Jewish tribes that were living in Al Madina. They were the tribes of Banu Qaynuqa'a, Banu Nadir, and Banu Qurayza. So when the Prophet made hijrah to Al Madina, he made treaties with each one of these Jewish tribes. But one by one, each one of these tribes found some way to betray. Their agreements with the Prophet to betray these treaties. So, of course, they were punished for their betrayal of the treaties. So, the first tribe that broke their treaty with the Prophet, the first of these three Jewish tribes that broke their treaty with the Prophet in Al Madina was the tribe of Banu Qinuqa'a. And they were exiled from Al Madina. They had to leave Al Madina for breaking their treaty. Then sometime later, Banu Nadir, they also broke their treaty. They actually attempted to assassinate the Prophet. ﷺ, and they were expelled from Al-Madina as well. As for the tribe of Banu Qareva, the third, and the only remaining tribe in Al-Madina by that time, they also eventually betrayed their treaty with the Prophet ﷺ by betraying him and betraying the Muslims uh, at the battle of Al-Khandaq so because of their betrayal and their treason during that critical time during the time of a battle between the Muslims and the kuffar because of the treason of the tribe of Banu Quraidah their punishment was that their men were all executed so this is how the three tribes of Jews in al Medina, they all either were expelled from al Medina or in the case of Banu Quraidah they were executed so the tribes that were expelled from al Madina, the tribes that had to leave al Madina, they settled in a city called Khaybar. Khaybar is a city that is about 100 miles north of al Madina. So even from Khaybar, the Jews, they continued to conspire and to plot against the Muslims. So it was actually the tribe of Banu Nadir in Khaybar who came up with the idea of the Ahzab, to came, that came up with the idea of making this confederation, aligning themselves with different tribes to attack Medina together. So this was the idea of Banu Nadir, who were in Khaybar, but they thought of this idea that you know we will we will align with the Quraysh and Banu Murrah and Banu Sulaim and Ghatafan and all of these tribes. We will align with them and we will all attack Medina on a united front. That was the Battle of Al-Ahzab or the Battle of Khandaq, which we spoke about earlier. This was the idea of who to make this confederation was the idea of the Jewish tribe of Banu nadir And they made all of these plans from Khaibar, after they were expelled from al Medina. So even though they were not in Al-Madina anymore, the Jews still remained a very dangerous threat to the Muslims. Because even though they were in Khaybar, they would still think of ways to plot and conspire against the Muslims. So after the defeat of the Ahzab, the defeat of the Confederation at the Battle of Al-Khandaq, all of the tribes, they went back to their homes. Quraysh, they went back to Mecca. Ghatafan, they went back to Najd. right? And Banu nadir they went back to Khaybar. So they went back to Khaybar, but it doesn't mean that their plotting against the Muslims ended. Now, the Prophet ﷺ, he didn't retaliate against the Jews of Khaybar immediately after the Battle of Khandak. After the Confederation was defeated at the Battle of Khandaq and the Muslims were victorious, the Prophet ﷺ did not immediately send out an army to retaliate against the Jews of Banu Nadir in Khaybar. And one of the reasonings, perhaps, why he didn't do this was because if he were to send an army to fight those Jews in Khaybar, the Quraysh would have come to support the Jews of Khaybar. The Quraysh would have come and backed up the Jews of Khaybar, and then the Muslims would be very very vastly outnumbered. Having the Jews and having the Quraysh against them that would be a difficult battle. But now the situation is different. The balance has changed. Now after the Muslims had made this treaty with the Quraysh this peace treaty there was to be no fighting between the Quraysh and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for a period of 10 years so the Quraysh would not attack Medina and the Prophet Sallallahu would not attack the Quraysh this was the terms of the agreement and this was to go on for a period of 10 years this period of peace so the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi now he has an opportunity to retaliate against Banu nadir against these jews in khaybar and there's no threat of the Quraysh coming to back the jews of khaybar up so this is an opportunity so about two or three months after the treaty of hudaybiyah was agreed upon by the prophet sallallahu and the Quraysh, the prophet sallallahu announced to his companions the expedition of khaybar we're going to go to Khaybar, and we are going to conquer Khaybar bi And the Prophet wasallam he announced to his companions that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has already promised us that we will be victorious in this battle. So even before they went to Khaybar, they already knew the outcome of the battle. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala had already guaranteed them that in this one you will win, you will be victorious. So this was a very exciting. Uh, Glad tidings for the Muslims that the Prophet informed them of. Now, the Prophet Wasallam when he announced this expedition of Khaybar, he made a condition. He said, "Only those people who were present at Al-Hudaybiyah, they are allowed to join this expedition of Khaybar." So now the munafiqin they want to go with the Prophet The reason why they didn't go with him to al Hudaybiyah because there was no question about spoils of war here. There were not going to be any spoils of war because it wasn't even a war. So the Munafiqeen had no reason to go. The only reason they would go on these battles was to acquire wealth. It was not for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But now in Khaybar, they knew that there were going to be huge spoils of war because the Jews of Khaybar, they had immense wealth. They had immense wealth in Khaybar. And now the Prophet is saying, We're going to go to Khaybar, we're going to conquer Khaybar by the permission of Allah, and we are going to be victorious, and we are going to collect those spoils of war. So now the Munafiqeen, they're very greedy, and they want to be part of this too. But the Prophet said, The only people who are allowed to go with me in this expedition are those people who were present at Al Hudaybiyah. So now the munafiqin, they're very upset, and they're begging the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Ya Rasulullah, let us go as well. Say, "أَقُولُ لَكَ الْمُخَلَّفُونَ مِنَ الْأَعْرَابِ شَغَلَتْنَا أَمْوَالُنَا وَأَهْلُنَا فَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَنَا." These people who stayed back, who didn't go to al-Hudaybiyah. They made excuses to the Prophet. They said, Ya Rasulullah, we got busy with our families and we got busy with our businesses, so we couldn't go with you to Al-Hudaybiyah. But we really want to go with you to Khaybar. We want to fight in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We want shahada, we want to be martyrs. We are doing this only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're not doing it for the wealth or for the spoils. So they lied to the Prophet, saying that they wanted to go to Khaybar. For Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala, and not for the wealth that they would acquire. So the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, said to them, "Okay, if you really want to go for Allah, if you really want to do this fi sabilillah, and you really don't care about the wealth or the spoils of war, then you can come with us. But you will not get any spoils of the war. The spoils will only be given to the people of Al Hudaybiyah. And you guys, you're saying that you want to come for Allah. Okay, you can come for Allah." But you will not get any spoils of the war. So this was a test to see if they were really sincere. And of course, they didn't go. They didn't go because their reasoning, the real reason why they wanted to go, was for the spoils. They weren't doing it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all. So the Prophet exposed them in this way. So the people of Al-Hudaybiyah were the same people who went with the Prophet on the way to Khaybar Now Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul the head of the Munafiqeen, he sent a message to the Jews of Khaybar informing them that the prophet sallallahu is coming to attack them So Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul he was a traitor he was a man of betrayal he was a man of khiana So he sent this message to the Jews so that they could prepare themselves and get ready to defend themselves Against the Muslims, now the Jews of Khaybar they had a huge army. They had an army of ten thousand men. So the leaders of the Jews of Khaybar they held a meeting and they discussed what they should do. The Prophet and his companions they are coming. So what should we do? How should we neutralize this threat? So the heads, the leaders of the Jews of Khaybar, they held a meeting. So one of the leaders of the Jews, Salam ibn Mishkam, he suggested, we should keep our women and our children safe in the fortresses that we have in the city, and we should go to Medina. Before Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his companions come to us, we should go there, and we should attack them in al madina We have a huge force, much bigger than their force. We have 10,000 people. So the Jews, of Nadir. They were cowardly people And they did not agree to this suggestion They said, no, 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 we can't do this We tried to do this before At the battle of Khandaq and we failed So if we go and try to do this again It is very unlikely That we will be successful this time either So they said, no They said, we're not going to go to Al-Madina And they decided to stay in Khaybar And fight a defensive war So the Muslim army consisted of 1430 men the same people who were present at Hudaybiyah. So the Muslim army consisted of 1,430 men, including 200 horsemen. And the Jewish army in Khaybar, they were 10,000. So, see how vastly outnumbered the Muslims were. But the Muslims were brave and courageous, and they knew that they had this promise of victory from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, they were happy to go forward. But the Jews of Khaybar, even though they were so much larger in terms of their number they were frightened and they were scared and they didn't know what to do. So what they decided to do is they thought that they would try to utilize the same strategy that they utilized at Ghazwatul Ahzab at the Battle of Al-Ahzab or the Battle of Khandaq. They said okay we will try to talk to different tribes and we will try to make an alliance. Who will help us defend ourselves against the attack of the muslim army so kunana ibn abil huqaiq one of the jews there in khaybar he approached the tribe of banu murrah banu murrah was one of the tribes who had participated with the confederation in the battle of Kh- of khandaq so kunana ibn abil huqaiq he approached banu murrah and asked them to join an, an alliance with them again but this time the leader of the tribe of Banu Murrah, he was a man named Al Harith ibn Awf al Murri. He said to Kunana ibn Abil Huqayq, He said, I cannot join your alliance this time. He said, Inni anna amra Muhammadin qad That now I see that the, the matter, the affair of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi Wasallam, it has become strong. So I don't want to fight against him anymore. I don't want to join your alliance. He refused. So now Kunana ibn Abil Huqayq, he approached the tribe of Ghatafan. And remember the tribe of Ghatafan, they are a tribe that that were always instigating problems with the Muslims. So Kunana ibn Abil Huqayq, he approached the tribe of Ghatafan he approached their leader, Uyayna ibn Hisn. And we spoke about Uyayna ibn Hisn before. He was a person that the Prophet had nicknamed Al-Ahmaq Al-Muta' the fool who is obeyed by his people. So he was a foolish man. Uyayna ibn Hisn, the leader of Ghatafan, he was a foolish man. He always used to make decisions for his people that were detrimental for them. He was not a good leader. But still his people, they obeyed whatever he told them to do so he was known as al-ahmaq al-muta' the foolish person who was obeyed by his people so when Qunana ibn abil huqayq approached uyayna ibn hisn al-ahmaq al mutaa and he asked him to join an alliance with them uyayna agreed under the condition that the jews of khaybar would give him one half of the fruits that grow in Khaybar for a period of one year. So one half of the fruits that are yielded for, for the period of one year, they would go to Ghatafan. So Uyayna ibn Hisan, he was a greedy person. He loved wealth. And he saw that this as an opportunity to get more wealth for himself. So he agreed to join an alliance with the Jews of Khybar against the Muslims. So now Al-Harith ibn Awf, the leader of Banu Murrah, who rejected the offer from Kunana to join the alliance, and Uyayna ibn Hisn the leader of Ghatafan, who agreed to join the alliance, these two, they had a conversation. Uyayna ibn Hisn and Al-Harith ibn Auf, They had a conversation about their decisions. So Uyayna ibn Hisn asked, Al Harith ibn Auf, why didn't you join this alliance with the Jews? Why didn't you agree to help them? And Al Harith ibn Auf said, "Because I see that now the religion of Muhammad and his companions they have become strong, so I don't want to join an alliance against them." And then Al Harith told Uyaina ibn Hisan, "He said, and I heard one thing as well. I heard Salam ibn Mishkam. Salam ibn Mishkam is one of the leaders of the Jews in Khaybar." So Al-Harith he tells Uyayna ibn Hisan, he says, I heard Salam ibn Mishkam say, I heard it with my own ears. I heard him say, Inna dhibhain, tam, wa fi So Al-Harith, he's trying to warn Uyayna ibn Hisan, the leader of Ghatafan. He's trying to warn him, you should not join into an alliance with these Jews. Because I heard Salam ibn Mishkam, one of the leaders of those Jews, he said, Surely the Jews will be slaughtered two times. Once in Medina, and that has already taken place. It took place with Banu Qureyza. They were slaughtered in Al Medina. And one more time in Khaybar. The Jews are going to also be slaughtered in Khaybar. Salam ibn Mishkam, one of the leaders of the Jews of Khaybar, he's saying this himself. So Al Harith. Ibn Awf al-Murri, the leader of Banu Murrah, who refused to join an alliance with them this time. He's trying to tell the leader of Ghatafan, Uyayna ibn Hissan, that you should not join forces with them because they are going to be slaughtered. And I heard this from the mouth of Salam ibn Mishkam himself. So then Uyayna ibn Hisan, al-Ahmaq al-Muta'a, the leader of Ghatafan, he's surprised at this and he... He says to Al-Harith Ibn Awf, he said, okay, if Salaam Ibn Mishkam is saying that they will be slaughtered in Khaybar, why is Salaam Ibn Mishkam himself ready to fight against the Muslims? They are the ones who are telling us to join them. They are ready to fight the Muslims themselves. If they know they're going to be slaughtered, then why are they fighting? Why is Salaam Ibn Mishkam himself ready to fight? And Al-Harith said, this is out of pride for his people. This is out of pride for his people. So then Uyayna ibn Hisan, al Ahmak al Muta'a, he says, Yes, pride for his people, and I am with him as well. So you see the foolishness of this man. It's not even his people. He is not even from the Jews, but he feels this pride for them as well, even though he is not from amongst them. This is the foolishness of this man. He knows that Salam ibn Mishkam himself has said that they are going to be defeated and they are going to be slaughtered, yet still, he's ready to join forces with him anyways. So this was the foolishness of this man. Al-Ahmaq al-Muta'a ibn Hassan, And he refused to withdraw himself from that alliance. And he continued to agree to help the Jews of Khaybar against the Muslims. So now, the Prophet ﷺ, as we mentioned before, he was brilliant in his military strategy. He was very smart in his strategic thinking as the head of the Muslim army. So he asked some of his companions, who can show me a way to Khaybar so that I can enter Khaybar from the north side of Khaybar instead of the south. So just to give you an idea of the geography in this situation, Khaybar is about a hundred miles north of Al Medina. And north of Khaybar, if you go further on north. From Khaibar, you will eventually reach Syria, Sham. So imagine this is Medina. And going north, this is Khaibar. And going further north, this is Syria, this is Sham. So if the Muslims were to come into Khaibar on the normal route, they would enter Khaibar from the south end of Khaibar. But the Prophet ﷺ didn't want to enter Khaybar from the south end. Rather, he wanted to come around and enter it from the north end. And the reason why he wanted to do that was because here in Syria, there was a Jewish community. So he knew that if the Muslims would attack the Jews of Khaybar from the south, then the Jews of Khaybar, they could run away and they could take refuge in Asham in Syria. So the Prophet Sallallahu wanted to cut off that route from them. So he wanted to enter, instead of entering from the south side of Khybar, come around and enter from, from the route of Syria. So the same way that Syrians would come into Khybar, he wanted to enter from that route. So he asked one of his companions, show me a route where we can enter from the north, from Tariq Asham, So that the Jews of Khybar would have no escape route. So this is what the Prophet requested from his companions. Who can show me a way to enter Khaybar from the north, from Tarīq al-Sham, from the way of al-Sham? So one of the companions showed him a way to do this. So they went on their way. Now on the way to Khaybar, the Prophet Wasallam was surprised to find the army of Ghatafan. Now remember, Uyayna ibn Hisan, he had promised Kunana ibn Abil Huqayq that he would support him with his army of Ghatafan. So he had already sent 1,000 soldiers with Kunana to go to Khaybar. So the Jews, they had 10,000 soldiers in Khaybar of their own and now they also had 1,000 reinforcements from Ghatafan. And Uyayna ibn Hisn, when he sent these 1,000 he said, and I'm going to send 4,000 later. So you have 1,000 with you right now and I'm going to send 4,000 a little bit later. So when the Prophet and his army was on their way to Khaybar, the army, the remaining army of Ghatafan, these four thousand remaining soldiers, they were waiting for the Prophet and his army to move forward, so that they could go behind the Muslim army, so that they could go behind the Muslim army. And the strategy here of Uyayna ibn Hisan was that if the Muslims are going to attack the Jews of Khaybar, The Jewish army will be in the front, and we will be in the back, so we can we can enclose them. So this is what they were thinking. The Prophet ﷺ sent a message to Uyaina, and he said, "Why are you doing this? What is your business in this matter?" So Uyaina, he sent a reply to the Prophet and he said, "I am in an alliance with the Jews." And the Prophet said, "It would be better for you to go back." it would be better for you to go back now because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised me that i will be victorious and i will conquer khaybar by the permission of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so then Uyayna said you will conquer khaybar you think you can conquer khaybar it is you who should turn back you will be defeated and your companions will be slaughtered and we will take you as our prisoners so, this is what Uyayna said to the Prophet. And the Prophet وسلم, tried to explain to him. But Uyayna, as we mentioned, he is Al Ahmak Al Muta'a, the foolish person who is obeyed by his people. So, he couldn't understand this reasoning from the Prophet. And he continued to remain stubborn. And he said, No, I am going to help the Jews. So, then the Prophet وسلم, offered Uyayna, he offered him the fruits of Khaybar half of the fruits of khaybar for the period of one year if you turn back now i will give you half of the fruits of khaybar for a period of one year the prophet ﷺ is telling this to uyayna and then uyayna said how can you promise me the fruits of khaybar khaybar is not even under your control how can you promise me something that you don't even have and then the prophet sallallahu said look i am going to get khaybar Allah has promised me this the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is true. I'm going to get it and then I will give you. But Uyayna, he still continued to refuse. He was a very stubborn person. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam left it and he marched on with his army. He continued on. So now the army of the Jews is there in Khaybar, 10,000 men with 1,000 reinforcements from Ghatafan with them in Khaybar. And the Prophet Wasallam and his army are heading towards them, and now they have four thousand soldiers from Ghatafan behind them, led by Uyayna ibn Hisham himself. So, eventually, Uyayna ibn Hisham he put someone else in charge of those four thousand men, and he moved forward himself, and he entered Khaybar. He went into Khaybar and he joined the one thousand men that he had already sent before. So now Uyayna, he's not with those 4,000 men in the back, but he is with the 1,000 men in Khaybar itself. So the Prophet sallallahu wanted to try to negotiate with him one more time. So he sent Sa'd ibn Ubadah radiallahu anhu, one of the great companions of the Ansar, one of the leaders of the tribe of Khazraj. The Prophet sallallahu sent him to negotiate with Uyayna ibn Hisun one more time. So he sent for him and Uyayna ibn Hisun, he came out to meet with Sa'd. Ibn Ubadah and Sa'd tried to convince him and he tried to negotiate with him and Sa'ad told him look it's better that you take what we are offering you we are offering you these fruits this wealth you take it now and you can go back in peace because if you refuse and if you keep this alliance with the Jews and if you fight with us then you will have nothing but the sword So he said to Sa'ad, what are you talking about? You will never be able to defeat us and you will never be able to defeat the Jews. So he continued to refuse. So Sa'ad, he went back to the Prophet and told him that I tried tried to negotiate with him. I tried to reason with him, but he's a stubborn person. He is not willing to listen to reason. So the Prophet said, okay, we tried what we could now. We will just continue forward and we will go according to our original plan. Allah, We will trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best guardian and he will help us and he is enough for us. So, <coughs> so this Muslim army of 1,430 men, they moved forward to face an army of 10,000 Jews and 1,000 soldiers from Ghatafan, 11,000 soldiers in front of them in Khaybar, and 4,000 soldiers of Ghatafan behind them. So an army of 1,430 Muslims against 15,000 people. Look how vastly outnumbered they are. But the Muslims are not afraid at all. They're very relaxed and comfortable. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already promised them a victory in this one. Rather, it is the Jews who are shaking in fear. So the Muslim army, they move forward. They move forward towards Khaybar with these 4,000 soldiers of Ghatafan behind them. Now as they are moving forward, the army of Ghatafan, the 4,000 men in the back, they hear a loud shout of somebody shouting out. Somebody shouting out, Adriku nisa'akum, Adriku awladakum. That go back to Ghatafan, save your women, save your children. Sharun fi ahlikum. There is something bad that is happening to your people. So they heard this voice telling them, You have to go back to your your tribe, you have to go back to Ghatafan. They have been invaded, they have been attacked, you have to save your women, you have to save your children. They heard this shout. So they got scared. They thought, okay, our army has left our land and someone has taken advantage of this opportunity to attack our land because they know that the army is not there. So they quickly abandoned their plans and they went back to Ghatafan, these 4,000 men. Now remember, there were also 1,000 in Khaybar already with the leader, with uyena ibn Hissan. So these 4,000 men, as they fled and they went back to Ghatafan to save their families, they sent a messenger to Uyayna ibn Hisan, their leader, to tell him what had happened. So when this message arrived to Uyayna ibn Hisan, he gathered those 1,000 people that he had with them, that he had there in Khaybar, he gathered them and said, let's go, we have to save our own people. So they abandoned the Jews of Khaybar and they went back to Ghatafan. So all 5,000 of them, the 4,000 in the back and the 1,000 who were already there, they abandoned the Jews and they went back to Ghatafan to save their own families because of this voice that they had heard. So they went back to Ghatafan, all worried and nervous and ready to, to fight whoever had come to invade them. And they go back and they see everything is calm, everything is peaceful. The women are fine, the children are fine. Everything is fine there is peace nobody has come to invade them or anything so they're very confused who was that who called out and allahu alam who it was maybe it was an angel allahu alam but this is how the threat of ghatafan was neutralized so now those 5000 soldiers from ghatafan are gone so now it is the muslims ready to face the jews of khaybar so the Muslim army now, they continued to move forward and they were ready to face their enemy in Khaybar. And inshallah next week we will talk about the battle of Khaybar bi